This is a HeadGum Podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Tig? Cheryl. This episode, we do a lot of singing. Would you say that's fair? I think it's really fair. <laughs> well, I think it's unfair. Why? Frankly, because we're singing. <laughs> and I think it's also unfair to say that it's singing. Well, I feel like I nailed my parts. Okay. Well, maybe you'll need to listen back and. Oh, you know I won't. I'm never going to listen to this again. But uh, I, I'm just going to assume that mm-hmm. I nailed it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I say we get right to it. Let's do it. So, ladies and jerks, welcome to Dolly Parton. Here I am. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. I am the first ever podcast. And Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hey, Tig, hey. Hey, Cheryl, hey. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Seems like you're running around like a crazy person. (laughs) Well, we did have a writing session before this, and then I scrambled and got some food. Oh, good. I'm glad. And then I scrambled to get onto this podcast, and then after this podcast, I have a Zoom, and then after the Zoom, I have to go get Max and Finn from school, and then after Max and Finn get home, Stephanie goes to a dinner, and then I have to do bedtime and uh, bath time. It's a a lot. So I was right in feeling that energy from you. (laughs) It's a busy day. It's a busy day. (laughs) Yeah. It's always a busy day. I was just telling Stephanie, I would love to have a day off. Yeah. Ah, uh, good luck. Yeah. You don't really get a day off when you're a parent. Well, no, but I also, over the weekend, had a show in Santa Barbara, ah. and then I also was filming the morning show on the weekend, mm, so I'm really, <laughs> I am bragging to you that I am filming a television show on the weekends that and is... doing shows at night. Wow. Okay. Well, that is a lot. It's a lot. And how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Also Mm -hmm. very, very busy. But with the top secret thing that I'm going to tell you about when I can. Can't you just tell me and we'll beep it out? Okay. Mm -hmm. I can can tell you part of it. Here's here's part of it that you don't have to beep out. My sister, Dr. Becky and Hines and I, and my daughter. Becky and Hines. (laughs) Dr. Becky and Hines and I. (laughs) Okay. And my daughter, Kat. Okay. Now you have to bleep out this part. Okay. Fuff! 
Oh. I am about to... Wow. Congrats. Yeah, it's really, really exciting, but it's been like, oh my God, every second of every day is, you know... Doing that. Doing that. But I can't wait to tell the Snurkbulls. Yeah. They're going to be very excited. I hope so. I hope. I think they will, because we have them in mind while we're doing it all, so... You've been thinking about the Snurkbulls while you've been doing this project? Yes. They're going to devour this. I hope so. We'll tell them very soon. We'll tell them very soon. Um, Okay. We should get, listen, we should get right into Dolly. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about Dolly Parton, Here I Am. It's a 2019 documentary film directed by Francis Waitley. Waddley? Ford Coppola. (laughs) It tells the story of Dolly's career from her humble beginnings in Tennessee to her current status as an international icon. The film features interviews with Dolly and many of the artists and celebrities who have collaborated with and admire her. Dolly Parton, Here I Am, is available to watch on Netflix. Okay. Are you a Dolly fan? I do uh, really like Dolly. Uh, uh Uh-oh. This is Uh not the energy... I this mean, is, do you I, are a psychopath. Do No, I I like her a lot. Do I like put on a song of hers before I walk into a meeting to get pumped up? Not really. Do I put on a song of hers before I make out with somebody? I like that it's with somebody. Not really. <laughs> so it's like, is she part of my everyday life? No, but I love her. I admire her. I think she's great. When she comes on the radio, are you like, ah, oh, you crank it up because it's Dolly? It depends on my mood. Wow. Working nine to five. What? I do like that one a lot. You are in the minority. Well, tell me your relationship with Dolly. Oh, and well, you- I was texting her earlier today. <laughs> I love Dolly. I feel like she is such a part of my upbringing. She's like comfort food. You know what I yeah. mean? She yeah. feels good. Yeah. She feels so familiar. Her voice, her songs, it's just like, ah, like she's wrapped up in Dolly. Yeah, she's She's fun. I've seen her live in concert. Mm. In fact, in my animated special, I do a whole Dolly bit. And uh, I don't put a wig on or anything, but I tell a a fun little story and I play her music in my Mm. special. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just love her. And in the special, I actually talk about people like you and that's why I called you a a psychopath because I feel like who on earth in their right mind isn't obsessed with Dolly Parton. I mean, I love her. Yeah, but it's, there's a hesitation in your voice. Yeah. Yeah. It, yes, I, yes. Is there other music that I'm like, you know. Okay, here's somebody that I feel like everybody loves. Okay. And I'm like, she's fine. Okay. Gwen Stefani. I like her music. I like her. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely will not be co-hosting a all things Gwen Stefani. I don't know. I listen. I don't know anything about Gwen Stefani. I like her music. And when I hear it, I'm like, yeah, ain't a hard okay, so girl. And okay, you know, so and you enjoy it. her music over Dolly's. Uh, 
I'm not even talking about Gwen as a person. She seems perfectly great yeah, and fine. Same. Her music didn't do. I'm just like, oh, there's Gwen Stefani. I would prefer Blake Shelton personally. Oh, who would I would prefer to listen. I would prefer to listen to Blake Shelton. No, I really like Gwen Stefani. She her music fires me up more than Dolly. Yes, Dolly is more of a uh, like you're saying. It reminds me of my childhood of growing up. It reminds me of when I was watching this because she started out. She started out with uh, barely two nickels to rub to together rub, to rub together. But that's like it reminded me of my childhood because it was very country. So my dad always listened to country music, mm-hmm. and I was like. And the thanks, like mm-hmm. Porter Wagner, uh, not my vibe, Dad. Yeah, so, but you like country music. I do, yeah. but I sort of de- developed my taste for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so that reminded me of, oh, my gosh, do I have to watch Hee Haw with, with my dad? Oh, I loved Hee Haw. Hee Hee, Hee Haw, Haw, We were a Hee Haw family. <laughs> we were a Hee Haw family. But the whole time I was thinking, <laughs> I don't know. Can I tell you what? I also felt like while I was watching it, like, uh, this is pretty specific. Mm -hmm. It would be, this is like southern rednecks that are watching this. As opposed to like watching Carol Burnett, you know, where it's like. Well, we watch Carol Burnett too. Yeah, but hee haw. By the way, it was called hee haw. <laughs> yeah, I love that sentence. Yeah, but hee haw. <laughs> Mer- n- merch alert. <laughs> yeah, but hee haw. <laughs> yeah, but hee haw. Now, Stephanie made me laugh so hard last night. We were choking, crying, laughing in bed. We watched the. Um, well, first of all, we turned on the documentary and it was halfway through and it said. Oh you know, do you want to resume watching? And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody was watching the Dolly documentary. And I said, maybe your dad watched it. And she was like, oh yeah, how odd. And then we were watching it and we were both slowly (laughs) realizing, oh, it was us a while ago. (laughs) We had no recollection. We had watched half of the movie and none of it looked familiar. We were seeing it for the first time. But what made me laugh so hard (laughs) was... Have I told you about Night Night Crazy Talk? That's what Stephanie and I do. Well, I don't know if I remember that phrase. Okay, well, that's what we call it is Night Night Crazy Talk. And right before we go to sleep, we start talking about something inevitably. And it just is that just exhausted, delusional conversation that you forget you had. And then Uh the next day you are like, remember what we were talking about last night? Well, Night Night Crazy Talk last night, (laughs) Stephanie said... Um, how old is Dolly? She's what, 70, almost 80? And I was like, yeah. And she said, how come every song that she still writes is about her mama's rags and her daddy's <laughs> dirty boots? <laughs> like, has she not had any new experience? <laughs> like an entire lifetime of so and And she was only poor for such a short time. She's been so rich and wealthy 
And it is just songs about someone stitching dirty rags together for a dress. And it's you know, true. It is true. It, and I think that's probably what I, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Listen, uh, that's part. It is part of. She really stays connected to that to that part of her life experience. Yes, that is the charm. In 1964, Dolly arrived in Nashville at the age of 18. Mm -hmm. She was very hungry. She cried herself to sleep. And then she learned that you have to stand up for yourself in business. Mm -hmm. Her one dream was to perform at the Grand Ole Opry. And now in this documentary, she's celebrating her 50th year on the Grand Ole Opry. Well, that was in 2019, I think. Yeah. When the movie came out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's she's 77 years old, which is, I, that was the first thing I did when I started watching it. I had Googled how old she was. Yeah. Because it's so fascinating. It's, she's a, it's hard to understand how she looks the way she looks. What do you mean? It's clear how she looks the way she looks. (laughs) (laughs) She, the whole time you're looking at her, you're aware this is why she looks the way she looks. I mean, I guess... There's been some adjustments. I think that, that were not God given. It's just when you're 77. Listen, I think probably 15 years ago, I mm-hmm. was like, oh, I I feel really comfortable in a sweater and sweatpants, mm-hmm. and that's like my go-to. Yeah. And so to see somebody who's 77 who still got this the spandex tights, and then this mm-hmm. super tight corset. Mm-hmm. And then the wig and the makeup and the eyelashes, I'm like, whoo, it's exhausting. So the corset, that's what's underneath her shirt. She's got that. I imagine. In. Don't you Stephanie see? said she heard that she got maybe a rib or two removed. That would make sense. Because that okay. seems, uh, it seems hard to, un- not once again, hard to understand. Hmm. But I mean, well, look there's at the no Kardashians. <laughs> There's no way to know. But it is interesting because in this documentary, there are different people that come on and talk about Dolly and people that are relatively close to Dolly, I guess. Mm -hmm. How close can you be with Dolly? No, not very, according to this documentary. This is There's no way. I feel like I've been around celebrities that are so braggadocious lurk coming that are so big. And then there's... You're friendly with them and you're friends, but to really be close to some of them, it doesn't seem possible unless you're yeah. a spouse there's or like maybe a, a child. Yeah, there's an inner, they they have a circle around them that's like, yeah. this is my space. Yeah. And then here's another circle. You can be in that space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. But but those people We that have to were... take a break. <laughs> okay. Dig. Sure, was... you act like I make I was this in the up. middle of it. Okay, a, go on. Okay. A huge statement. Okay. Those people that are relatively close to Dolly have all said they've never seen her without her wig. Okay. Cut to commercial. Okay, but also before we cut to commercial, yes. do you really think Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are close with Dolly. Dolly? That's just not the case. Right. So who is that person that's close to Dolly? It, it, that's- Carl Dean. 
That we'll be right is back. You, yeah. We need to talk about Carl. We need to talk a lot about Carl D. Yes, we do. We'll be right back on Tig and Cheryl True Story, a documentary podcast, a comedy documentary <laughs> podcast. You have to tell people that. Well, that's there once are again, some like misunderstanding. having the bumper sticker that says classy lady. It's like, you don't have to tell somebody if you're classy, you don't have to give a bumper sticker. <laughs> we will be right back, classy lady. <laughs> As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh, and we are right. We are back. back. On, uh, yeah. And you know what? I just, and this is, I didn't even, I glanced down. And I can't even believe what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? This is in my office, Tell and me. I just look past it every day. She's got something. A Dolly part. What is it? A kid's book? No. It's a... Is it a... Oh, it's a puzzle. 500-piece <laughs> puzzle. And I would say 499 of the pieces are her chest. <laughs> Why do you have a puzzle of Dolly Parton? Stephanie gave it to me. Oh, that's very yeah. sweet. It's interesting that you have, feel such a connection with Dolly Parton. Because I'm alive on this planet. Okay, relax. Okay, listen. In 1966, Dolly married Carl Dean. So Dolly must have been 20. <laughs> I just did the math real quick. Mathematician. She married Carl Dean, who she met mm -hmm. on her first day in Nashville. And she met him at a laundromat called the Wishy Washy... Washateria. <laughs> that sounds like something out of um, Three's Company. Or a Dolly Parton documentary. <laughs> and they have been married for over 50 years, mm -hmm. but Carl is very private. And most people yeah. that Dolly has worked with for decades, people mm -hmm. that she, that play in her band, have mm -hmm. never met Carl. Do you think she killed him? maybe that's what I was wondering I'm like what is Carl doing why is Carl not let out of the house does he only stay in the house well because Jane Fonda met him she talked about that's meet, true Carl made breakfast you know Stephanie like true. many people are convinced that Dolly is gay mm. there's a, a, a rumor that's gone around for a long time that Dolly Parton is gay why does she think she's gay well, Stephanie thinks everybody is gay. Yeah. There are there are gays that think everybody's gay. Yeah. There there are people that think everybody's just a, at least a little bit gay. Then there's the other side that thinks nobody should be gay. Yeah. This is quite yeah. a world we live in. Yes. <laughs> but um so Stephanie thinks that Dolly's gay. Yeah. And um I don't think that's the case. Mm. These are just feelings that you guys have. Well, yeah, it's night, night, crazy talk. <laughs> it is. But there's people like that, like Oprah. People think Oprah's gay. Right. And then people thought Whitney Houston was gay, and then it turns out she did have a girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Oprah, everybody's Dolly. got their own. Who knows? 
Who do, knows? You do. There's you. no way to know. There's no way yeah. to know. And why do we need to know? We don't. No, we need to know what's going on in their bedrooms. <laughs> you know, part of the idea of this is that Dolly, even though she clearly has large breasts that seem to have been enhanced, is that a, are we allowed to say that? Oh, have they been enhanced? Do you not think they've been enhanced? I really don't know. Thomas, what do you think? Thomas but didn't she already said, yeah, he thinks Okay, so. but didn't they already start out gigantic? They seem to be big from the, the onset. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, let's keep just it, lean it into it. I, that's, mm-hmm. what I, that's what I think, once again. So even though she, you know, yes, leans into the big breasts, tiny waist, tight clothes, sparkly... Like a Barbie, kind of. Yeah, larger than life, Mm -hmm. which seems to really want to get men's attention. She Mm -hmm. is also a very strong, smart woman. Now, wait, why are you saying wants to get men's attention? Okay, She might want to get women's attention attention. or non-binary attention. (laughs) That's true. She could be going for... She's wanting attention. 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 And you know what? Hmm. It might be because where's Carl? Where's Carl Dean? Yeah. Where is Carl Carl Dean? Dean? Where is Carl Dean? I don't know. I'm asking you. I I wish I knew. (sighs) I wish I knew. Okay. So um, in 1967, country star Porter Wagner saw Dolly put her on his nationally broadcast TV show. They had great chemistry, and Dolly was on the show for seven years. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. is it safe to say, after watching mm-hmm. this documentary, mm-hmm. that Dolly and Porter p- pulled around? Well, I mean... I mean, is that what you got? Based on somebody being interviewed in this movie said, and they really hit it off, and you... Take that in whatever way you yeah, want. And so exactly. that means she was already married to Carl Dean? Yes. Already married to Carl Dean. Dolly. But then, did you also get this from watching it? What? That Dolly fooled around with Porter and mm-hmm. Carl Dean fooled around with somebody else or people. Mm-hmm. And Dolly was like, well, if you can do it, I can do it. Maybe are you saying Carl Dean hooked it up with Jolene, 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 Jolene? Oh, I nailed it. Mm-hmm, yes, Jolene. Yes. She wrote that song about the girl at the bank named Jolene. And she said, and she, yeah, she talked about whooping ass on Carl Dean. Yeah. Dolly said she whooped ass on him. Well, she also said that she got in a fight with Jolene and Jolene ripped her wig off. Would you give anything? I don't want Dolly to be hurt. I don't want anyone to be hurt. But would you give anything to see that fight between Dolly and Jolene? Jolene. And Jolene (gasps) ripping Dolly's wig off? Or at the very least, a leg wrestle. What if Jolene... And Dolly leg wrestled. And her wig flew off and then <laughs> Jolene beat her with her wig. <laughs> it flew off. 
I mean, it's hard to know exactly what happened. The way Dolly told it, it sounded like Dolly walked into the bank and said, now I've been out of town and you've been messing around with my man. And then I don't know what Jolene did. Something like, don't come into my place of work and harass me. And then they got in a fist fight and her Is this wig- actual dialogue? <laughs> this is, this is I feel like it's, <laughs> it's got to be pretty close. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know. I want to know who threw the first punch or scratch. I want to know who threw the first wig. <laughs> I used to work at Universal Studios. Um, Here we go again. <laughs> and we played, uh, there were a group, there were like four of us that played um, Janet Lee, you know, from this shower scene in Psycho. And the guys that we worked, there was one. Of the girls that we worked with who, if you made her mad, she would rip off her wig and throw it at you. And that <laughs> was like the goal of the guys that every day they were like, oh. there were two actually, two actresses that would do that. They would antagonize these girls so much until they got so mad they'd rip off their wig and throw it and leave the trailer. And where are they now? <laughs> Do, do they have their own podcast? I have no idea. Talking about old coworkers. I have no idea. But um, anyway, so I guess when somebody when somebody rips off a wig, it's a thing. It's not nothing. Yeah. It's not nothing. Right. Right. There's fury involved. So you're saying you could detect that somebody's upset if they rip their wig <laughs> off, and. That is beyond. Uh, that is beyond upset with someone. That is like, you just, you just made me give up on life. Here's my dumb wig. Oh gosh, Cheryl, that got dark. <laughs> I give up on life. Here's my dumb wig. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I would. That's what I would think if somebody threw their wig at me. I would be like, whoa. I went too far. It's like a white flag, like a surrender. <laughs> yeah. It's like a yeah. white flag. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing with this thing on? Yeah. We should have had Dolly on this episode. Oh, Tig. Can you reach out to Dolly? I'm sure our listeners would love. Should I FaceTime her? <laughs> Do you have her number? No, but you know what? I got pretty close to her. In what way? Like physically? When I did my HBO special. No. Well, just when I was at her concert, I was out in the stands. But when I did my animated special, Drawn, on HBO, I had to get approval from Dolly to use one of her songs in my special. What song? Uh, Two Doors Down. Two 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 Doors doors Down. down. You're laughing laughing and drinking and having having a party. Um, but her her manager, who is in this documentary, yeah, was who we were dealing with. Isn't that right, Thomas? He seemed nice. I really liked him. Yeah, I was like, manage me, okay. But he is the one that was like, I got to talk to Dolly. I think she's gonna like this, uh, but we'll let you know. And then, sure enough, we were like on the edge of our seat for I don't know a couple of weeks. Isn't that right? It was a while. We were just like, any word from Dolly yet? And then he called and he was like, approved. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. That's really sweet. I owe those two. You owe those two 
everything. Which is why I'm willing to have them on the podcast. <laughs> hey, Dolly. Hey. And hey. Hey, Dolly, hey. hey manager. Hey, hey, manager Danny Nozzle. Not Nozel. We have to take a break. Nozel. And we will be right oh. back on Tig and Cheryl True Story. True Story. And we are back on Tig and Cheryl, true story, talking about Dolly Parton. So this was interesting, and I didn't know this, that she wrote I Will Always Love You about Porter Wagner. Did she write it about him? Oh, or did my she God. Just did you watch write... this? Did you watch this? I thought he said, you got to up your game or something, or you want to be this oh, or that. You got to write. Who, whose story are you going to pay attention to, Porter or Dolly? And did Dolly say that, that she yes, wrote that for? Yes. I thought she wrote it for him, not like about him. I thought she was saying, I wrote it for him because he said, you need to write a song like this. He said, write a song about love. Yeah. She needed to leave him and leave the show. Yeah. And so she wrote, I will always love you. I must go, you know, and I wish you well. I mean, do okay. I need to sing the whole thing? Is this your proof? <laughs> you reciting the words of I Will Always Love it You? It was in the documentary. I watched the documentary, but I heard it differently. I'm not saying I'm not wrong. Okay. I'm wrong all the time. Okay. okay. Ask my wife. So apparently, I don't even remember this part of it. Elvis wanted the rights to I Will Always Love You. You don't remember that. You remember yes, that? Yes, I did. Did you not watch the documentary? <laughs> I did. I don't know why I didn't see that. And then Elvis, Elvis said, "I'll always love you." He sang that to Priscilla after they divorced. Is that true? He loved yes. the song and sang it I to Priscilla after they walked out of the courthouse. How? Where were you? I don't know. That is unusual for me. Yeah. Well, maybe I went to the bathroom. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> Why didn't I pause it? I don't know. Because I feel like, nah, I know what's going to happen. Okay, I just learned something new. And then 20 years later, Whitney Houston sang it, mm -hmm. and it was a huge hit. It was also interesting to see that little clip of Whitney Houston seeing it. Because why was mm -hmm. she sitting in a chair in the middle of snowy woods? How electrifying was it when that version came out? When oh, Whitney my God. Sang? And that her voice was just, and then the key, I mean, it was, is it a key change or the music's, the music drops out and then, yeah. and I will always love you. How about when you're at karaoke and someone stands up and that song comes on, you're like, please don't, whatever you're about, to, whatever's about to come out of your <laughs> mouth, reconsider and just please sit down. <laughs> I I am never at karaoke, but I hmm. imagine that that would be a feeling I would have. Yeah, because between Dolly and Whitney, no, yeah. nobody's nobody no home. Yeah, don't bother. And I do feel typically like there's no real reason to cover a song or mm. remake something, but man, man, did Whitney. She do good she by that it. song. Man, she had it in her heart. I mean, that was yeah. amazing. And then and then Miley Cyrus did Jolene. 
Well, here's a little Jolene. something that you need to know about me. Jolene, Jolene. You know Miley Cyrus. Well, I've met Miley Cyrus. Brag it down. She says alert. Yes. Do you know Miley? I don't. Well, then I guess I can't yell braggadocious. But I have been to Jane Fonda's house for dinner. Braggadocious (laughs) alert! Thank you. Thank Uh, you. Well, I have met Jane Fonda a handful of times, but not at her house. Okay. Now. Yes? Listen here. Jolene. This is a weird twist. Oh. I'm not crazy about the song Jolene. (gasps) Oh, I love Jolene. Oh, of course. Of course. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. I'm begging all of you, please don't take my man. How is that not fantastic? And how do you not get it out of your head? I'm not saying it doesn't get stuck in my head, but I am saying I'm not excited when it gets stuck in my head because it's not my favorite. What's your favorite? Here you come again. I mean, that is a good tune. <laughs> Looking like it. You sing it. Looking like it. How does it go? Looking like it. You know what song I do like? Hmm. That I think we would kill at karaoke? What? Islands in the street. That is what that we are. That is what we are. No, no one in between. between. How could do we Do you remember... Be- in the 70s or 80s, the joke, Mm-mm. what do you call Dolly Parton doing the backstroke? Islands in the stream? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that, I mean, listen, if, I, if my earballs ever heard that joke, I did not retain it. Well, that was going around my elementary school <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> And I'm sure you guys were like, don't tell the parents this one. Don't tell the parents this one? Yeah, like too racy. If if we were nerds. (laughs) Actually, it probably wasn't the 70s. Probably the 80s, because that's when the song came out. Oh, right, because it had to be out for Islands in the Stream, because that's the punchline. Um, Dolly grew up on a farm. She was the fourth of 12 kids. She was starved for attention. Her uncle played guitar and took Dolly around to perform. And by the age of 10, she was convinced she'd become a star. Okay. And then Dolly asked Mac Davis for advice. Do you know what I found out when I was Googling around? What happened? Mac died during the pandemic. (gasps) I didn't know that. I didn't know he had died either. I love Mac Davis. Oh, my God. Mac da- my mom loved Mac Davis, Cracklin' Rosie. Yeah. She was oh. like, I know. Oh, that's, I'm sorry to hear that. He, I know. he gave us a lot of great entertainment. Didn't he write for Elvis? There's no way to know. Thomas, I have no idea. Thomas Did Mac know. Davis write for Elvis? Yeah. Oh, I love that song. Mm. I didn't know Mac Davis wrote that. A little less conversation, a little more action. Okay, Dolly's first pop hit was here 
You Come Again, written by Barry Mann and Cynthia Wheel. She became a frequent guest on talk shows. She gave an interview to Barbara Walters. Do you remember Dolly's song, Why'd you come in here looking like that? Your cowboy boots and your painted on jeans. jeans. All decked decked out like a cowgirl's dream. dream. Why'd you come in in here here looking like like that? (laughs) (laughs) I do like that one. That one's a good one. Oh, yeah, because she's incredible. Why'd you come in here looking like I know, with your painted on jeans. Painted on jeans with your cowboy <laughs> boots and your painted on jeans. All dicked out like a cowgirl's cow dream. dream. Why'd you come in here looking like <laughs> that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Jane Fonda was convinced Lily Tomlin had to be in 9 to 5, which she was producing and starring in. And then she heard Dolly on the radio and had a vision of her as a secretary. Dolly agreed on the condition that she could write the movie's theme song. And Dolly was inspired by the washboard-like sound of her acrylic nails, which sounded like a typewriter when she'd rub her nails together. Ours don't sound No, but whenever I hear that song, I did assume that was a typewriter. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. That was her fingernails being rubbed together. But can we talk about, for one second, the song, Me and Little Andy? Yeah. Do you remember that song? Um, no, I don't. And this oh, threw me oh. for a, a little bit of a loop. So she hey, she, she had written over no. three thousand songs, and then she <laughs> sang a really sad song called "Me and Little Aunt Andy." And you know this song? Does this song? Like- I do, but I also have a hard time. I get that the the theme and the story is like sad, I guess, yeah. but it's not like I hear that song and it breaks my heart well maybe because it's really hard to connect the dots because <laughs> tell me if i have it tell me if i have it right because this is the first time i had heard the song uh mm. a little girl and uh a dog come to her mm. doorstep and she mm-hmm. says hey ma'am can i come in and have some candy ain't you can Ain't you got ain't you got no candy? What did she say? Ain't you got but 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 tell me the story. Okay. So she says, Ain't you got no gingerbread? And first of all, that wouldn't be the first thing I would be shocked somebody didn't have. I wouldn't be like, You don't have gingerbread? (laughs) (laughs) I would be more shocked about candy. Was the next thing candy? And then she said, uh, can me and little Annie, Andy, come in and spend the night? Sleep mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. And also from the song, it sounds like there was a long conversation on the doorstep before yeah. she let the two in. And at some point, she said, okay, you guys can come in and spend the night here. And then they both died in the middle of the night? <laughs> well, why did they die? And it, what are the odds that a dog and a girl are going to die at the same time? I mean, it would just didn't... Listen, that's why it would have been good to have Dolly on this episode yes. so we could ask her. her. I didn't, yeah. under- didn't understand it. Yeah, this woman goes in and checks yeah. on, you know, she's probably making <laughs> breakfast, getting everything gingerbread. ready for the day. All the, yeah. la- all the girl like, was oh, gingerbread. I feel terrible. I didn't have gingerbread. <laughs> so I'm going to go to the store while these two... Get some shut eye. Yeah. 
it was comforting because it made me realize this isn't a true story. <laughs> you know, it can't be a true story. What are the odds of those two passing away for no particular reason at the same time? Well, I think the particular reason was to, you know, pull at people's heartstrings. Yeah, I think that's right. But Dolly loves it. Okay, so Lily and Jane remember Dolly being friendly, but with firm boundaries. They never Mm -hmm. saw her without her wig or makeup. So every time she walked into the door, and it sounded like they all stayed together at, what, the Beverly Hills Hotel or something? In the same room? Well, I was thinking it was a three-bedroom suite. This is what I would think. They had a pajama party for a few nights, and they all had... Because Jane was saying when she, when Dolly would walk out of her room, she was in full hair and, and makeup. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's a that would be a weird pajama party. Where they're like, uh-huh. everybody go to your rooms and put on your pajamas. <laughs> and, then, and then you you know, you would think that would mean, oh, why'd you your- come in here looking like that? <laughs> your high heel boots and your painted on jeans. All dressed up like a cowgirl. I mean, you've seen me without my wig. That's how you know we're <laughs> Only tight. twice. Only twice. Only twice, but still, I let you see. But still, it does make me feel like I should wear wigs more often. You really Wouldn't should. Wouldn't it be fun to like walk, walk into your closet and it's like, oh, maybe I'll wear this guy today. Would you wear one of those big wigs that go up like two feet? Would I? Dolly wore. Yeah. Ooh, I, I, I think that would be hard. Oh, speaking of wigs, please. This isn't a wig, but it's okay. hair. Yeah. Who? You know who I was baffled by in this documentary? <laughs> who? There was the woman that I'm not going to say she was for sure gay, but like um, she had the hair part down the middle. <laughs> yes. Like, why were we checking in with her? I'm not sure. I kept thinking she must be a Dolly Parton ex- expert or do we I know guess who she was? She was a music, she was some sort of music expert, but it was still for some reason hilarious. Um, yeah, it was that it would be like, and let's cut back to this gal. And when they were talking about the song Jolene, that woman was like, um, and the you know there were no men uh, mentioned in this song. And Stephanie and I started laughing so hard because it's like, of course she noticed that. Um, <laughs> I love this song because not a man is mentioned. Not a man is talking. That's what it is. Uh, it's it's between Dolly and that woman. And jo- Jolene. 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 Okay. So between 81 and 95, Dolly had more than a dozen hit records, including Islands in the Stream, Two Doors Down, and she opened the Dollywood theme park. Have you been to Dollywood? I have not. Do you want to go? I don't. Oh, I was inviting you. <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to go. It's not my vibe. Yeah. It's not I don't like either, crowds. I don't like crowds. I hate crowds. When people on New Year's Eve are standing oh, in that holding in the- pin with adult diapers on, I'm just like, <laughs> why? It's freezing out. You're in a diaper. If you're know. a listener of our show and you've done that, will you write in and tell us 
if you did wear a diaper, because I've heard that's what people do. Is oh, you're, you're not talking about like a, an adult dressed like a baby. You're talking about like, I need to wear a diaper because there's n- I'm not going to be able to get to a bathroom. Yeah. Yes. Oh. That makes sense. I've heard that everybody up there Shut is in a diaper. It. Yeah. I guess that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It sounds so uncomfortable, but I guess it's but worth it. But not only that, you're in a diaper, you're in a crowd, it's cold Mm-mm. out. What Mm-mm. are you doing? Please write in and tell us why <laughs> you did that. <laughs> Please. Oh, God. Okay. So now Dolly um, Dolly is now releasing records, and she she released three bluegrass records from 99 to 2002. Uh, she has her manager, Danny Nozel. Nozelle? Nozzle. No, uh, Doesn't Nozelle. matter. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she's been going on tour, which, by the way, I'm just watching her walking around backstage in those high heels thinking, what? my God, you're 70. In your high heel boots and you're painted on <laughs> jeans. Like, it's impressive. But also, I didn't feel like I le- learned anything about Dolly Parton in this. Did you learn anything? No. But... Uh, I didn't even learn anything the first time I watched it, <laughs> much less the second time. But it doesn't take away from the fact that I'm a big fan. Yeah. And what it reminded me of was when Stephanie got tickets for us to go see Joan Rivers uh, mm. live in concert yeah. and didn't know it was just a few months before she was going to die. Mm. And she's in her 80s. She mm. was in high heel shoes running around the stage yelling at everybody in the audience like she would do and then she had a security guard pick her up throw her over his shoulder and he carried her around i mean i'm like i i feel like my back is gonna snap at any (laughs) second and i'm 51 yeah yeah i know it it is interesting it was interesting watching dolly parton because like her energy level and like you said i mean she's in amazing shape like i don't know Mm. what she's doing i don't know but that's also like intentional like she takes she must take really good care of herself she must she's doing something but we'll never know what it is she's doing something (laughs) and And what is she eating that's she is so she's an air tiny she's tiny but then she's also doing you know She's touring. That takes so much energy and effort and stamina. I'm just like, whoa, impressive. What I did like was that every time she went to go get on stage, that manager yes. was holding her arm and escorting her right to the stage. It was and so I was like, sweet. I want that guy. I love that guy. It's like, oh, she's holding her hand, making sure she's He does have stage. that feeling of like he's gonna take care of everything that's nice he does that's nice that's nice we all need need a danny nozzle 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 (laughs) that can't be his name his name can't be danny nozzle 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 or nozzle (laughs) yeah we should have had dolly on or danny at the period hey danny hey uh let me know the pronunciation of your name at the end of the day Dolly's message is, it's okay to be who you are. She believes that the more complicated the world becomes, the more we need simple music and messages. 
I grew up with dirty rags that mama sewed together. See, Stephanie and I were playing also a game as we drifted off to sleep. Is this a real Dolly song or made up? <laughs> See, I thought that was, are those real lyrics? Because I think No. Well, it could be. Well, you're thinking of Coat of Many Colors. Yeah. Coat of Many. Yeah, that's a Dolly song. I don't song. know the tune of that one. But that's the idea. That's yeah, cool. the rags. Mm-hmm. Um, Tig, are you ready? Oh, and she's very much, sorry, she's very much the rags to riches story. (laughs) That would have been a good title. Oh, rags to riches, but holding on to the rags. That's right. It's rag to riches, but never let go of those rags. Or those riches. (laughs) Um, it's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? Oh, yes. Did you cry? No. No. I got a little teary when um, Jane Fonda was talking. Hmm. And by the way, Jane Fonda is a beautiful crier. She had like, she would have just like a little tear welling up and it would start to cry and then she'd just like push it away. So what was making you cry about it? (sighs) Just that she was, I don't even know what she was saying now, but it was really touching her. And then I was, and I you. guess I'm connected with Jane Fonda. I'm like, oh, Jane. By the way, that's another powerhouse. But Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. I mean, what the, those two women, you know what I mean? They have, mm-hmm. they're amazing, spectacular. Did you grow up a fan of Lily Tomlin? Yes. One ringy dingy. <laughs> okay. Who were you attracted to? Whitney Houston. Oh. hmm Well, two can play at that game because I think in that clip they did cut to Kevin Costner. Wow. Okay, then. <laughs> I would say my backup, Carl Dean. Carl Dean. He was Dean. cute. Well, He's that cute. was. Yes, yes, he was cute. Yes, he was cute. It reminded me of the Shania Twain documentary when it's like, we watched the whole thing. And part of her, a huge part of her story is that she and her husband split up and then she married that woman's husband. Yeah. And But no mention of no it. No mention of it. And so it's like, Carl Dean, we had, no one's seen him in 50 years. And it's like, no. N- <laughs> After the fight about Jolene, he's never been seen again. Well, this brings us to, it's time for True Story Talk Back. Do you have anything to say? Where is Carl Dean? Dolly, where is Carl Dean? Carl, if you are listening to this, come home. Carl, DM me. (laughs) And let's let's talk. We could meet DMs. We could meet someplace discreet. And just I just want to I just need 10 minutes of your time. Carl Dean. 10 minutes of your time. Carl Dean. Carl Dean. Carl Dean. Carl Dean. I'm begging of you. Please let me see your man. Okay. That's all for this week's episode. Next week, we'll be talking about The Pez Outlaw on Netflix. Before we go, Tig, would you like to read some true fan mail? Oh, yes. This is from Randall. Hey, Randall. Hey, Randall. Hey. Hey, hey Tig and Cheryl. Hey. I have stopped the Stutz episode. 
episode to send this to you. I made a therapist fall asleep once. Oh, no. Oh, no. I had gone through some trauma and she was right out of school. She was on top of it by asking me first about my family background. I'm a talker. And so the background info ended up lasting three sessions. By the third session, I was boring her with the details of my childhood, which included things like the pajamas my dad wore. I'm not kidding. I'm a talker. <laughs> so she fell asleep. And then I felt so bad. I stopped talking and waited for her to wake up. And when I saw that she was coming to, I started talking again <laughs> and deflected my gaze so I didn't make her feel bad and hope she hadn't noticed that I had noticed. <laughs> oh, my God. The that good, is hilarious. The good news is she truly helped me. We just had to get through those backstory basics. Now when I'm in therapy, I start by telling the therapist I'm a talker. And if I get off track with my tiny details, please tell me to stop. Thank you for the joy, Randall. Oh, my God. That is killing me. That's hilarious. I like that that Randall didn't want to make the therapist feel badly about falling asleep. <laughs> so just waited and then continued. Just waited. And so anyway, his pajamas were pinstriped. <laughs> Okay, um, Catherine writes, hey, hey Catherine, Catherine, hey. Hey, Tig and Cheryl, hey. And Thomas, hey. Thanks to this show and all the cult documentaries you have reviewed, in quotes, I have made a pact with fellow snurkful Danielle, hey, Danielle, hey, that if either of us tells the other that she is in a cult, she must immediately leave that organization, <laughs> no questions asked. <laughs> Because That's apparently great. no one ever knows they're in a cult until it's too late, right? To be honest, I don't <laughs> think either of us has enough money to be targeted for a cult. But still, it's good to have a pact with a good friend. And we love your podcast and get so much joy out of watching. Yes, we watch most of the docs, listening and then discussing amongst ourselves. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. I think that's, that's good. So funny. I think that's very healthy. Definitely. Will you let me know? Yes. Will you let me know? Mm. Or yeah. if I have multiple personalities. Because okay, how will you know? We should talk after this episode. Because <laughs> how do you know? You wouldn't know, would you? I don't know. Okay. But if I suspect you have multiple personalities. You can bring it up. And or are in a cult. A cult. I will. Email me. Mention it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it, Tig. That's it. Okay. Is there anything that you would like to talk about, discuss, bring up? Well, I have a couple of movies coming out. Okay. Your Place or Mine, yes. February 10th. And Got then me. We Have a Ghost. Oh. Both movies are on Netflix, and We Have a Ghost will be out February 24th. And that is with. David Harbour and Anthony Mackie mm -hmm. and other people. Uh, also, check my website for tour dates mm -hmm. and um, my other podcast, Don't Ask Tig. What about you? You know, it's the same. It's the same. Okay. Okay. All right. Should we do it again? Yes. Let's do it again. 
Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willett, audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett, with production assistance from Bobby Pearson. Music by David Sesson. Special thanks to Gabi Kobasic, Patrick McDonald, and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at tigandcheryltruestory at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.